Thank you for watching another qualification. <laughs> Sorry, you got me. Thank you for listening to this qualification podcast. This is Adrian. This is Laszlo. Darn. And we just got done finishing Dark Side of the Ring, The Death of Bruiser Brody. Yeah, if you're looking for comedy, this ain't going to be the episode, dog. <laughs> yeah, even though I last low and they funny nitwit, I'm going to yeah. try to curtail my, my humor for this one. I, I think that it's there's rough. more opportunity for comedy in this episode if we ever do the Benoit episode. Yeah, there's no comedy. There's no room. You cannot make comedy out of that. But we, there was, we've got some Abdullah the Butcher stuff and some Bruiser yeah. Brody was genuinely a funny guy. So. Yeah. Um, and Dutch Mantel. So it, they take you in. I'm I'm trying to think how we how we could format this to give you guys. First of all, 100% recommend watching the Dark Side of the Ring series. Yeah. But I also recommend you watching this episode. Say you don't want to watch the other episodes, just watch this episode. It is it, it's a really great episode. And, and, this, and then watch the New Jack episode. Let's say like if you're gonna pick one episode out of season one, here you go. And yeah. the of course one episode out of season two would definitely be Benoit. Yeah. yeah, I watched the both of them. That was yeah. The New Jack episode is also great. Yeah. But it's the this one is this was my personal favorite of this season. I mean, the Macho Man was a close second, but this was I actually kind of missed it up sometimes. On this watch episode. this. Yes. Um, there's part uh, when they talk about the incident and Tony Atlas and what he's. I never knew that man was a wrestler. That's a weightlifting guy. That's a bodybuilder. Atlas. Oh. Yeah. Tony, like, like, there's a bunch, like, there's a bunch of awards and, and, and exercise equipment. He's a WWE Hall of Fame. I believe it. Yep. And he, likes, he likes people walking on his face. Yep. He he is uh, one of those uh, statues of a human. It's like it's like because like when I was when I was eating all these calories a day and lifting, I got way stronger and fat. I didn't get any. I didn't build my muscle. Him. He, he, he just, is. Yeah. He is a. Um, I used the word yesterday for the podcast. He's an anomaly. Yeah, he has he, he like crazy. I've seen the crazy hundred twenty pound preacher curls and stuff like. Yeah. He's he's great. But anyway, um, so I think what we should do. Um, well, first of all, we'll just go around in our triangle here and give your opinion of just of just Bruiser Brady, not the incident. I'm just of what you've seen from this episode. Okay, I'm gonna go first because I elected myself as the one who's gonna go first. This is Laszlo. Um, he reminded me of in looks and somewhat his ring persona. He reminded me of Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. Astute observation. I because I mean, he's walking and he he barks. Um, and Darren says it's a who. He ooh. he says uff 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 uff. It's a he's barking. He's barking and um, he carries a chain and swings it above his head. Now I don't know when you think of um, when I think of tough guys. I uh, one of the first guys I think of is Tretch. <clears throat> Tretch used to walk around. Time out. No one's gonna know who Tretch is. Tretch is a rapper from Naughty by Nature. Naughty by Nature is uh, they're from like one of the worst neighborhoods in the state of New Jersey. OPP. You down with OPP? Anyway, he used to go to award shows with a big old actual chain and a padlock around it. And he says, "This is for the brothers and sisters that's locked down." No, it wasn't. It was if anything got crazy, he would take it off and swing it around and donk you over the head with it. <laughs> so when you see someone swinging around a chain, um, you don't chair. You you, you stare clear. You steer clear of them. You maybe grab a weapon or a rock if you have to, but um, you, like you, you really don't want to tangle with someone who's swinging a chain above their head. And that was Bruiser. That's what Bruiser Brody did. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, again, like th- this, this was a, a sad episode. 
excuse me, they didn't go into much of his wrestling. I didn't see much of his performance. I'm sure I could just do some digging on YouTube and find it. But um, my, my, he was he was like his ring persona was a wild man. Um, he would be running up in the crowd and fighting with with uh, audience members. Yeah, that's and that's me. Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody. Um, I'll hop in. So. I've seen uh, two or three Bruce Brody matches. I've looked online after I saw this episode. I heard the name, didn't know a whole lot about him. But I, I did my due diligence and I, I, I watched some videos and everything. And he, um, he reminds me of like Tarzan, like uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I almost said George of the Jungle, but that's 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 different. Uh, every time you say that now, I think Brandon Fraser. Yeah, watch out for that tree. Um, I think of Tarzan. I think of a wild man that just took him out of the Amazon and he's swinging around. Yeah. Almost like if they took the wild Samoans and it was like a six foot eight white guy. You know, like it's, he like, it's insane with like this, this energy that just draws you to him. Um, and from this episode alone, you get to see Frank Goodish and you also see Bruiser Brody. And, and as Frank Goodish, you hear, um, not that you wouldn't assume he's intelligent, but you hear, an intelligent, um, well-spoken for himself. Articulate. Yeah, yes, very articulate. And he, he's very aware of, um, hey, Bruiser Brody's my character. I have to protect that. I have to. So there, there's there's a lot to him that, that is unpacked in just this episode on the distinction between who Frank Goodish is and who Bruiser Brody is. Because though he lived his gimmick, he wasn't his gimmick. And that, that's what they end up, they unpack at the end where the police thought it was all a work and um, people couldn't distinguish his gimmick from him. So um, to me, I see Frank Goodish as dedicated father. Um, love, he loves the business, but he, he's dedicated to his family, very first family, that's what it is. He's dedicated to his family. Uh, but on Bruce Brody, it's um, no breaks. Nothing. He, he's just going for it. He's just going into it and um, what's the pedal to the metal? Full speed ahead. That's who Bruiser Brody Balls is. Balls to the wall. Yeah. So you have a, you have a straight division of who these people are. The light and uh, dark, good or bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, there's no, you don't see a gray area. He's either one or two. When um, his wife was talking about he got out of the car, took his ponytail down, let his hair go. That's Bruiser Brody. He's Bruiser Brody now. Um, you find out he's an all-American athlete for football. And 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 he also said that he, I didn't mean to interrupt, but he also said that if he could have gone back in the time machine, I'm paraphrasing, uh, he would have uh, he would have not played in the NFL for three years and would have devoted all his time to pro wrestling because it was so good to him. It, it, it tells you who, you know, who this guy is and how revered he is. At the end, you see, um, what was it, 17,000? Is that what they said? 70,000? 17,000. 17,000 people that were there um, just paying tribute to him. So he, he was a big deal in and out of the ring, obviously a big deal to his family. And in his closing moments, um, he's, you know, while he's dying, he's holding a picture of his son to his, to his chest. Oh, um, so that's who Bruiser, that's what I take out of, well, that's, that's who Bruiser Brody is. And who knew Tony Atlas was an artist? And a dot artist, a dot, what do they call that? Uh, the dot. I don't know what it's called, but yeah, um, I knew. <laughs> Because uh, he actually sells a lot of his uh, paintings, and stuff, That's which is dope. really cool. Yeah, and they're all like classic wrestlers. I'd buy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, 
Not for 10,000 uh, bucks, but yeah. I think it's almost 150 yeah. anyway. But uh, anyway. I mean, I've, I, Bruce Brody has always been one of my top, I mean, top 10, just because uh, not really like, just based on wrestling ability and all that, it was uh, what he meant to the business. Um, without Bruce Brody, we would not have Mick Foley. There's not a chance. Mick Foley even says, "I that's who I looked up to. That's who I based my whole character on. You can see it. Yeah. Not impression. You yeah, can see that it. Is, For real. And Mick Foley is one of my favorites of all time. And I can't imagine wrestling without Mick Foley because mm-hmm. he was one of my favorites. Uh, strangely enough, Mick Foley narrates this season. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. He narrated the whole first season. But Bruiser, uh, I love, but one of my favorite, absolute favorite things in this episode was the interview with uh, Frank Goodish, where he is saying, yes, I played uh, for the Redskins for three years. Uh, I really, you know, and I have a great family. Oh, wait a second, are we rolling? Yeah, uh, no, uh, I, I, I don't think I said anything earnest. Yeah, I said, uh, I don't think people need to know that I'm Frank Goodish. And I love that because he was, he lived his persona. And it's like, back, back, in, back then, that, back then, kayfabe was, uh, it was a big deal. Like Ric Flair, he probably was who he was outside of wrestling, yeah. but like he had to be Ric Flair outside of wrestling, yeah. um, and they just had to be they had to be their characters. And Bruiser Brody was his psychotic character, where his wife said, "Oh, I dropped him off at the airport," and he he would just pull up and he'd have his hair in a ponytail, and then he would walk through the sliding doors, take it down, and by the time he's on the other side of those doors, he is Bruiser Brody. Mm-hmm. And oof, then, oof, uh, oof. Barking at people in the in the in the airport, but I'd be like, "Yo, that's Bruce Brody." He yeah. barked at me, you know? and he was a very popular wrestler, extremely popular. Like back in those days, that he he was huge and throwing the chairs and everything is mm-hmm. is wonderful. And uh, that man deserves Hall of Fame. There's not many. There's lately, I I think they give the Hall of Fame to people that don't really deserve it. <coughs> Bellas, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. Um, the Bellas are in, are in... Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't get me started, dude. I, I know it for ridiculousness. Yeah. That's how I know it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Bruce Brody was one that deserved it. But he was put in early, uh, and you do discover in this episode that they mention it, Carlos Colon is in the Hall of Fame, but this is... Wow. It's not as bad. But, no, it's not as bad as Benoit, but... Why is he in the Hall of Fame, man? That's conspiracy to murder. He covered up this murder. That's just I, I, don't, I don't see him being in the Hall of Fame if it weren't for Primo, Epico, and Carlito. Carlito, yeah. So if he wasn't the father of Carlito, they, they, I don't think Probably they would have given it to him. But then again, Donald Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame. I mean, he's contributed with... Is David Arquette? I'm... I'm no, no he should but be. he should be. I don't care. This is a quick little side note here. We're going to have to take a little detour here. People who talk all, all this crap about David Arquette, mm-hmm. I don't like it because, yeah, the dude did the dude did win the World Heavyweight Champion. That was stupid. Yes, it, it was. It was to promote a movie. It wasn't his idea. He was a Scott signing, so. Yeah, and that dude is, I mean, and David he Arquette. He loves wrestling. He loves. David Arquette has more love in his little pinky for wrestling than Hulk Hogan ever had. Yeah. And I'm sorry, that is the truth. I love David Arquette. I don't care if he destroyed WCW. That place was a sinking ship anyway. Right. Who cares? But sure. same kind of love David Arquette had, that's the kind of love Bruce Brody had for wrestling. And I love it. He went to Puerto Rico and got 
piss thrown on him, and he still went back. A couple of glass it. and rocks. Yes, and, you know, I love poop it. And uh, I, some, I it wasn't in this episode, but someone uh, I forgot who it was. Maybe it's Piper who said he went to. Yeah. Where we go? They threw car batteries at people. Yes. Um, car batteries. Car, car batteries. batteries to people. Yeah, I know. Yeah. They take uh, little batteries and they poke a hole in them so the battery acids out and throw people. Yeah. They, uh, Rick Flair talked many times about getting batteries thrown at him, and he would often say, like, "Yeah, we got batteries thrown at us," and I don't mean double A's, I mean D's, baby. Yeah. People would chuck nine volts at him, and it's like. Oh, yeah, I'll take a nine volt to the dome over a seat or D. Oh, I'll, I'll try to find it on uh, on on YouTube, but there's a video um, of this this pretty built. Um, looks like he could have played in the NFL size black guy, and someone throws a car battery. He catches the car battery before it hits him, and he full on chucks it right back at the guy. Good, like so. A wrestler? Yeah, no. He, the wrestler catches it through through the fan. The, the black, the jack dude was yeah. the wrestler. Yeah, yeah. I thought what I was told. Okay. Yeah. Right. But uh, there is one thing I, I meant to mention. You you mentioned him, go, uh, Bruiser, going into the crowd and fighting people. They showed it on the thing, but he's not actually swinging. He's at, he's not hooking. He's actually doing this. So he's hitting him with the flat bar. It's still gonna hurt. It's and, and like, but it, it's not gonna hurt as much. It's a show. I remember watching yeah. uh, our, our homie Mr. Grimm at the first yeah. show you were at. Get just dragged around from from like not even post to post from like like he went up into the bleachers like we were yeah. in the POVs and he ignored us and he went up into the cheap seats with the, with Mr. Griffin the headlock. It was awesome. So it's like that that's like wrestlers do that even yeah, giving, giving full crowd participation. And we yeah. watched Halloween Havoc and we saw that Macho Man and DDP were in the crowd fighting. Yes, and yeah, uh, Pillman and Carrie um, Morton. Yeah, getting a brawl in the crowd. You getting hit with a chair? Yeah, me kicking it right back at him. Like what? And Brian looking at you like, is that him? Yeah, it was. It, it was such a good man. That was fun as hell. Shout out, out to my boy Brian Pillman. He, I, I think he actually did lose his title last night though. Yeah, I think at the end of the stadium. Uh, yeah, it's okay though, dude. He's uh, Brian Pillman. Uh, I would love to see him in more Kapow shows. I actually adore him. He is. He's got. He's got it. That's the the, the mullet guy. The mullet guy. Yeah, and oh, he was the man. He's in great shape too. And you know him and uh, him and Myron Reed, my two absolute favorite in the Indies. So, I, and they're about to do they're about to do work in MLW, and I'll probably pay for that. I'll, I'll probably pay to watch that. That's, yeah, that's fair. Maybe a new review on them. Yeah, I'd love it. Um, so we've covered how we feel about Bruiser Bernie. We didn't really touch on the death. We'll get to that. Um, how did you oh, kind of the interviewees? Um, Thoughts on Abdul the Butcher? Um, Without Abdul the Butcher, there would never have been a new Jack. So I love Abdul the Butcher. No. Um, uh, but this guy, this gentleman, Abdul the Butcher, uh, the the scars on this fella's head, uh, according to the homie Darren, if um, if you found uh, an action figure of Abdul the Butcher, I had several. You had several. They would actually include the three gashes that. Yeah. Ended up in his forehead from wrestling. That th- this is a part of wrestling I wasn't aware of until until very recently. Yeah. Um, like like putting a razor blade and, and cutting yourself and be like, oh, cut. Like, Dolly was a fork. Dolly he a fork. was stabbing people with a fork. He had it. Why was that his gimmick having a fork in his mouth? I don't understand. He's a butcher. He's, he's just a little butcher. Whole, it should have been a butcher knife. He's but crazy. He, uh, Dolly Butcher wasn't really a wrestler. They kind of covered it, and he. Uh, he actually, when he wrestled, would do like judo and karate, and jiu-jitsu that. moves. And like, I remember watching him. I'm like, that's a 
full on like arm lock, like and he'll he does that. And, but he also would like he would get an arm lock someone up against the ropes and he would arm lock them like a good underhook kind of like a wizard. Yeah. And he just start <laughs> with that fork, like just stabbing in the forehead. And he would used to gouge people's eyes. He would take the fork and go into the eye. It's the eyeball. Yeah, like the like into the eye. I mean, of course he knew how to do it to not cause damage. But it was like he was just in there, man. But sometimes he would just. Get that thing and just and he would actually he explained it on maybe beyond the mat I don't know maybe. I don't know but he said he would find the cut and he would take the fork and get in the gouge into it and get into the cut and it's spread like, open more blood yeah and it's like ooh and then uh, as our boy New Jack would say they'd be skeeting blood yeah Abdullah to me um, he's not as I would say an anomaly yeah. but he is. A rare case and he's uh, very much a pillar of the time like that no I mean in CZW yes Let, let's say a pillar of extreme wrestling okay let's say that. okay yeah Make it um, he he hit controversies he had controversy he had hepatitis well that's the he, one that tattoo artists uh, bad dirty needles give people and tattoo. he gave someone hepatitis because he used the fork on himself and they used it on um, he's given multiple people hepatitis. Um, it's to hear him talk. First of all, you don't expect that voice to come out of that man. No, but uh, you can tell it's it, a lot of uh, a lot of things have happened up here. Yeah, uh, up top, um, lights are on. Maybe there's maybe someone in the house. But he's in the basement. He's you know, in the basement cooking meth. He's got his headphones <laughs> on for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Listen um, to the new Deftones album. Shout out to Ohms. What's up? <laughs> um, he's just—he's ridiculous to listen to. And honestly, through the whole thing, I don't—I didn't really care for him. At the end, it showed you know more touching. His laugh's creepy, but um, yeah, he, he has tears in his eyes. It was Absolutely. a bit more touching. That, you know, he's watching Bruiser. Um, he's watching Brody. He's just—I wish he was here. I wish he was here. He truly was the king. You think those tears in the eyes at the end? Because I didn't think about it until we watched it just now. You think that's like um, a guilt thing? Because in the show, he's like, I don't remember there being a meeting. And everyone else is like, yeah, there was a meeting. Abdullah was there. And he's like, I don't remember there being a meeting. Like, he's almost covering it up. Uh, And he's watching Bruiser, the tears in his eyes, thinking, "I, I just lied. I uh, I feel like he could be upset because he could have done more. Yeah, you know, a lot of co-conspirators, even years and years later, they will they will keep their story yeah. secret. Mm-hmm. So Tony Atlas did not. No, yeah, sir. Now get get her to move on to Tony Atlas as well. He had to go be a homeless guy on the beach that night because he was worried someone was going to come kick his door in at the hotel. I've I've always adored uh, Tony Atlas. Yeah, he's freaking weird, but he is. Such a likable guy. Yeah. His his Hall of Fame speech, dude. Yeah. You you have to remember that. That was just. Hey, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna it was that, key, but... man. It wasn't even like okay. My favorite Hall of Hall of Fame speech of all time was the very first uh, Connor Connor the Crusher. Award. Oh yeah, and it was that. Connor the Crusher. Like that. That was my favorite Hall of Fame speech of all time because when it happened, dude. <laughs> Tears. I bawled my eyes out, and I'm not afraid to say that. I was ugly crying. It was so sad. And uh, but Atlas brought so much freaking joy and happiness into that room in that uh, in yeah. the Hall of Fame speech, and it was so funny. 
And it was just like, yeah, this dude is a likable guy. He's so well loved by so many people. Yeah. Um, and I, what I love, first of all, a great storyteller. Because he's telling, now, in, I know it's not a story to him, but to us, we, we, we take it in as someone reading us a, a book. Yeah. And he's telling a story. So we're taking it in. He did great with giving detail, dialogue, letting us know how this night, you know, how it happened. Um, now, maybe a few times he may have hyped himself up a little bit. Oh, well, I told him I can curl 300 pounds every day or something or whatever. Okay. If you can't, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tell me we get it. We get it. Or he said, "I'm gonna knock his block off." Okay, maybe probably knock your fucking head off your fucking shoulders. Sometimes I I do it too. Sometimes you tell a story, you're a little bit better in the story than you actually. You embellish it. Yeah, you embellish it. Exactly, especially when cameras running. But um, with all that considered and all that um, looked at, he did an excellent job of relaying the story to us. McFoley, of course, is narrating, yeah. but the storyteller is Tony Atlas. Yeah. yeah. He's vivid. If you didn't have the the little cuts and you see the scenes played out, I would know what's going on just by the by the things that he said. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, I remember, I didn't see it right there, but at the end of the episode when I watched it live on Vice, it actually has a thing at the end of it that said we reached out to the other guys and... They refused to Silence is guilt. Yeah. And it's... Uh, and, and he may have... I mean, the, the absence of evidence is not the evidence of, that, of the absence. The same. But uh, he, he may have embellished the story a bit, but there wasn't one person who didn't... who said that his story was indifferent. Nobody could refute it. No one could... But, to be fair on that, he was the only person in the room besides yeah. the murderers themselves. Yeah, so, that's true. And the victim. And it was, it was. Boring. I guess the second person to show up after him would be Dutch. Dutch, which is a good transition to Dutch. Dutch is a Dutch. Uh, I've met personally many times, and the man you saw on screen is Dutch Mantel. Like that is that is him. He pulls no punches. He tells the truth. If you suck at something, he's going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, dirty mouth. Yeah, but. Now, people know him as Zeb Coulter. Yeah. In WWE. But he is... You look him as what? I'm sorry. He was Zeb Coulter in WWE. That was his character name. He was a racist old pro <laughs> guy who came out in a... I don't know, like a... Least racist person I've ever met. Trust me. He'd come out in a, a little scooter. And he would be like... Uh, oh, he'd teleport to the real like, go back to Mexico. Yeah, we the people. It was it was great. It was yeah. really great. Their pro, their their freaking catchphrase. They put their hand on their heart and say, "We the people." And everyone, everyone would stand, put their hands up, and go, "We." Yeah. It was great. And the shirt, the shirt, the shirt that had the hand of the hands that you put your hand in. So and, uh, the "We the people" was written in like the old um, Constitution lettering. Yes. The old English. Yes, yeah. the old English. Very cool great. calligraphy. Yeah, it was it was brilliant. So, and it was not supposed to catch on like it did because there were supposed to be heels, but there's supposed to be racist heels. But people started following it. But everyone was like, "Yeah, he's right." <sighs> wow, is that bedpan? Yeah. So we're watching the pre-show. We have the pre-show of Clash of Champions on yeah. right now. And yeah. truth is just like um, Yosemite Sam. Yeah, uh, he's an old prospector. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he's, tossing his, he's tossing his 
Salad. Oh, cheese. Um, <laughs> so, so back to back to um, back to Zarkin. Back to I'm sorry, not Back to Dutch Mantel. Um, I found he was he was I want he was like the thread holding not necessarily the story together, but you get the the facts and some of the emotion from Tony Atlas. Yeah. Uh, you get something from uh, Abdullah Butcher, but. He ties in the humanity to the fact that, hey, I have to relay this message that um, your husband's dead, your father's dead. Yeah. I have to be the one. I have to. So they didn't tell you? That was Abdullah. That oh, was yeah. She, he was the one that took their first call. Yeah. Um, Telling her to come to Puerto Rico. We can't tell you over the phone. We don't want you. Yeah. You should come but, to Puerto Rico. Uh, but uh, Dutch. Now, I don't know any of the other ones. I've never met any of the other ones, but I have met Dutch and I that man doesn't lie he he is very honest see, people with the filthiest bounds are the most yeah. honest yeah Usually. like he, so. he he even says like in the show I didn't see it happen and I can't say that except that this is how it happened but I mean this is what I saw and it's and he's very and he does he says that for it a lot <laughs> he's very like you said he's very honest and yeah. he's very to the point of what happened and what he believes happened loves the business yeah loves the business. see a lot of those people they, they come off like jerks he seems pretty likable even though he's yeah. like a, a he lives, lives right here do you live in Knoxville? No. I don't know about Knoxville I'm Murfreesboro so alright all right. um, he actually comes to the Pritchett school sometimes yeah. sometimes so the Pritchett Jacobs School. Shout out to Pritchett Jacobs. I, I know someone, I can't remember the name right off hand. I know someone who's about to start going there. Man, I don't know who that is. I don't is. know either, man. Like, a real, real handsome, yeah. uh, muscly Is he debonair? He is very debonair, very, very charismatic. And he, and he does a lot of flippy stuff, and it's kind of strange. I just really hope he, he needs a haircut and shave right now, but like other than oh, that, <laughs> yeah, you're right. He does, <laughs> he does. But he's getting married pretty soon, so yeah, he's so trying to do it right around then. So he's yeah, going to yeah, so do it. And I mean, and I mean, uh, Myron Reed might, you know, might might, uh, might train him. Might train him. I mean, I mean, he he, he did mention it. I mean, he like, I'll pay you. Okay, okay, yeah, I'll tell you it. <laughs> and who is me? It's, it's you. It's Adrian. It's Adrian. What? what? I'm going to wrestling school. You're kidding. You didn't know? I did. I just found out. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad you know. I can't believe it. Watch out for Treasy. Watch out for him. I just smacked the Adrian on the shoulder. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. Anywho. Um, so what we'll do, uh, I think we all have, have a consensus on this. Yeah. But we'll go by each person. We'll start with Laz and then me and then Darren. What do you think happened that night? I th- uh, this is Laz. There was a stabbing. Uh, and it killed Bruiser Brody. Uh, T- Tony Atlas, not Teddy Atlas. Tony Atlas saw it happen, um, and and stood over his dying uh, comrade, his, his dying coworker, his friend, his friend. Um, yeah. Now, when I, when I ask what, what do you think happens, I mean, and pertaining to the stabbing. Now they say some um, someone said it was self defense. Someone said he snuck him in there to do it. The um, some people have said Carlos Colon when he went back there to talk to him, he was acting like he was reprimanding him. He was actually saying, "Hey, thank you." Like we want. So what, what's your, what's your, what's your, wait, 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 Carlos Colon was talking to who? The, the guy that stabbed Jose, yeah. uh, um, on record, on record, it is on record, legally, it was a self-defense stabbing. And uh, that's, that's the Puerto Rican, um, yeah. and we will all say, uh, these are allegedly what we believe. Yes. This is not what, legally, we cannot say this is exactly what happened. Look, when I get a time machine, 
I will go back and I will find out. What right. Uh, well, yeah. When I, I'm when, uh, three three men can two men can two men can keep a secret if one of them are dead. Um, so to find honor among thieves, so to speak, is very rare. But usually, when there's a murder charge looming, uh, people tend to keep their mouths shut if they were involved. Um, and and uh, the Puerto Rican authorities, look, man, I know it's a, it's a territory of America, but it's a different type of land out there. The laws are different. The rule, the the uh, the rules are different. Not yeah, the laws. They play they play by different games around there. They do. Um, I mean, in the legal, as far as as far as legally, um, when. Tony Atlas went back to the locker room after the hospital after he, he, he had just seen his uh, one of his friends die. Um, everybody's laughing, and goofing around, having a good time, and he was like, "Nah, son, no." And he started, and the cop thought it was fake. There was a cop there, according to him, he thought it was fake. I thought this was a, and he, and he, he was like, he pointed, "That's the guy right there who stabbed him, who was allegedly, allegedly Jose Gonzalez." Jose Gonzalez yeah. was the one who allowed him. Um, uh, he is uh, Invader. Invader One. Just call him Vader. Inv- no, don't call him Vader. Call him Invader One because Vader is another wrestler. Okay, so in, so and he points at Invader One. He goes, "That's what you want right there. That son of a gun." And um, they took him to the station for uh, uh, make a state to make a statement. And they said, "Well, you know, you know, Mr. Atlas, your your uh, your story differs from everyone's. This is very." He was like, "Yeah, well, he was, he was telling the truth." And um, he couldn't go back to his hotel room that night because they were going to come to his hotel room and make sure he didn't talk one way, not one way or the other, one way. Again, two men keep it uh, a secret if one of them are dead. So he, so he had to go sleep on the beach and walk around the beach like a homeless man to avoid uh, uh, being killed so that he'd be silent because he was being loud. And when the cops told him, we're going to contact you, we're going to subpoena you to come down. And um, when there's a court date, he was never subpoenaed. And the, the fellow Dutch, he was subpoenaed. The subpoena came ten days late. Yeah. Coincidence? I don't think so. I doubt it. It's, it's so it's. Um, I'm not saying the police are in the the pocket of Carlos Colon, but they may very well maybe. Yeah. But like, but like, like uh, Tony Atlas said, that the doctor said to him that a stabbing here is like a, a cold in America, in the states. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, there's a different set of set of laws down there, different set of rules, uh, different culture. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think I think uh, it's sad. Uh, they, they sad they didn't show too much of uh, Bruiser Brody's wrestling. I would like to see some more of that, but I can do my own research. Yeah, um, it's an hour long show. Right, uh, but like he was beloved apparently by by everyone, and especially people who who worked with him and knew him, mm-hmm. uh, except for Invader. Invader one, he didn't like him very much. No, I don't think any of the the, those three did. I don't think Cologne or yeah. I don't. Okay, so, but that's why I think there was a murder. There was a cover up, and it, it's uh, again, it's a different. It, it's not a different time zone or anything, but it's just a different land. And uh, if it can go away, it can go away. And it went away. Um, I agree with you um, on everything you said. Um, just to add a little bit, a little deeper to it, I think, um, just quite frankly, I believe. That it was a setup from the jump, yeah. um, and I think it's because uh, I read other shoot interviews and stuff. Uh, Brody had s- s- some amount of creative control, and he had been known. And this is no knockout. This never warrants death, but he had been known to work stiff with people, 
And uh, if he didn't like you, he would he yeah. would he would stiff you in the ribs. Didn't say that. Didn't they? If that was if that was a warrant for death, then JBL would have died long ago. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Who? So JBL. Uh, Bradshaw or John Bradshaw Layfield. He beat up uh, Finley. The midget. He could beat the midget. Up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That guy right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, old. Yeah. Um, so Still I think awesome. I think that Invader had said something to, to Carlos Colon or maybe vice versa, and they decided, hey, this is the time to do it. I got you. We'll take care of this. And then that's what I think led to his death. Mm-hmm. Burner, cover up, no justice. Yeah. Same. I, I really can't add anything. The same. He's he was murdered. That's it. He was he was supposed to buy into the company, and they didn't like that. So they took him out. Uh, the only thing is, I think that Carlos Cologne had a lot more to do with it than is being let on because I think he was the one behind the subpoenas not getting there. I think he was the one behind because uh, Carlos Cologne was a big deal. Yeah, he ran a lot of money to Puerto Rico. Yeah, he did a lot of money. And uh, there are still wrestlers that did not agree with him going into the Hall of Fame. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, Mick Foley, I believe, I may be wrong on this, Mick Foley wasn't even there that night. Because, because of the, Because they were inducting Carlos Colon. Yo, Mick Foley's all right with me, man. Yeah. I like that guy as, good, as, as a person. If you are talking about like reading, you, you said you're going to read New Jack's biography, Absolutely. get Mick Foley's A Tale of Blood and Sweat Socks. That's his first ever, yeah, it's funny. That's his first ever biography. I, I swear to you, they'll knock your socks off, dude. It's very they'll knock off my sweat socks. They'll knock off your, your sweat, socks. sweat socks. Your bloody sweat socks. It is so good, dude. It is, it is such a good book. He is such a good author. Yeah, I'm going to read it then. Yeah. Okay, fine. He has like four other ones. I think the only person who's got him beat is Jericho. Yeah. Jericho has like Jericho is eloquent. And Jericho, Jericho is reading another one right now. Too. He is. Oh, about the wrestling business? Is that what they're yeah. all about? Um, it's, called, it's called The List of Jericho. Yeah. Uh, Jericho's is, Jericho has the one where he got started all the way up to WCW, all the way to his debut. Around the WWE. world and... Spandex and it's the Rumble of Spandex, Lionheart, uh, Lionheart's Tell, and then he did um, the other, the one for his WWE years. He did one for his for for his Fozzie years. He did all. He does like every. He covers everything. And then Mick Foley has one for like WWE, WCW. Um, ECW. He has some ECW in Blood and Sweat Socks. Um, and uh, God, he covers TNA. He has a TNA one. Yeah. Impact. Yeah, Does he mention New Jack at all? Did he and New Jack ever share a ring? I, at the DCW, they probably had to. We can Google it. I don't yeah. remember if he's mentioned in the book because it was a long time. I was in high school when I read that book. So that was a long time. Maybe that was probably his book. book. Nick Foley, Have a Nice Day. It's like, have a Nice Day. It's, it's like him with Mr. Stocko. It's, it's freaking thick. It's a big old he's, he's eloquent. And, and I, I wouldn't mind reading it. He's Honestly, also one of the only ones who actually fully wrote his book. Like, there's no ghostwriter. It's just Mick Foley. He also dresses like Santa a lot. He, he says what? He dresses like Santa. He, he loves Christmas. His house is decorated for Christmas all year round. He has a really good children's book. That uh, Santa Claus book with the naked elf in it. Yeah. That's really funny. Uh, he, <laughs> yeah. he told Vince that he wanted, uh, for his Hall of Fame, he wanted to come down in, a, in Santa's sleigh. In his sleigh. And he was like, he was like uh, no, no. Just just walk out like everybody else. You were right. But that... That ends the podcast today. It is quite a somber one, but we will have the review for Clash of Champions tonight. Um, so thank you very much for listening. Please um, subscribe to our podcast on whatever you listen to your podcast. Share it. Check out our Patreon. 
Notice Qualification Podcast. And um, th- yeah, that's all. This has been Adrian. Darren. This has been Lash. Chica-chica. One love.